0: everyone, and welcome to News Game Plus, a video game podcast. I am your host, Brandon Barons. Thank you for joining me on this fine Thursday evening, or at least that's when I'm recording it. I'm recording this on a Thursday evening, but you guys will probably hear it on Friday or Thursday night, if you stayed up late enough. I want to thank you for joining me And I want to get some housekeeping out of the way. Last week, there was a lot of news early in the week. So I recorded it on Wednesday. But then on Thursday, there was a lot of news that came out during that day. So I did miss there was a lot of news that happened that week that wasn't in last week's episode that we will definitely get to today. So what I think the sweet spot is, is that I record on a Thursday Preferably in the afternoon Or evening And then post it Thursday night Friday morning Because usually A lot of games come out on Friday There isn't a lot of news on Friday So I just feel That recording Thursday Posting Friday Will probably be the best idea For us And then if you know things change If people feel they want it on a different day, then let me know. But right now, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna stick to thir- uh, recording on Thursday, and then posting on Friday, and then we'll see re- we'll see where we uh, go from there. A lot of interesting news that kinda doesn't have to do with video games, kinda does that just came out in the last couple days. That just to mention offhand, apparently with this uh, Justice League movie that came out a couple years ago. Or maybe last year I don't remember I didn't watch it But apparently there's a cut Called the Zack Snyder Cut Which is a different cut of the movie Which has more stuff in it I guess it's like a director's cut And it's got more scenes And apparently it extends the movie to like 4 hours Which is crazy And apparently they're going to There's been a cry on the internet For them to release the Snyder Cut And apparently that's what they're going to do HBO's uh I guess their streaming service they're going to release it on HBO Max, that's HBO streaming service in 2021. What I may want to do is watch the movie, see the smaller cut, then go yeah, you know, I guess pay for like a month of HBO Max, then watch the Snyder cut. I think it'd be interesting to see. I'm actually kind of interested in the superhero stuff and I didn't watch Justice League when it came out. Uh, I did see Batman vs. Superman, but I did not see Justice League, so I'm going to have to do some catching up, and then it's pretty exciting. Some news that is a little bit more video game related, uh, apparently Christopher Nolan's new movie, Tenet, is going to be premiering in theaters, but it is also coming to Fortnite. Fortnite. I guess in Fortnite, probably similar to the Travis Scott concert that happened in Fortnite, there's going to be, I guess, a premiere, a showing of Tenet in the game, which is pretty cool. Christopher Nolan, guaranteed to be a good movie. He makes good movies, great movies, Oscar-winning movies in Fortnite. Fortnite's getting crazy last week we talked about epic revealing the unreal engine 5 demo they talked to the c jeff keely talked to the ceo of epic and he was talking about how he sees fortnite as a social platform but it, it it looks like it's also like a content i don't want to say dump but like a place where content is placed or put it should be interesting to see where we go from fortnite i wonder if they'll get more players Or maybe they get people who wouldn't ordinarily play Fortnite, and it's just very interesting to me. For someone who doesn't play Fortnite, it interests me to show you how crazy what's going on in Fortnite. I mean, Travis Scott performed a concert in Fortnite. Crazy. But now, let's get into the actual video game news I don't want to say actual because that was a video gaming. Someone's premiering a movie in Fortnite. That's <laughs> that's gaming news. But let's let's shift gears to a little bit more less casual gaming stuff. So we have the new. This is an interesting name for this expo. It's called the New Game Plus Expo, not to be confused with the name of this podcast, News Game Plus, but the New Game Plus Expo. It says, where the latest games and greatest names gather to go beyond. Welcome to New New Game Plus Expo, an online showcase of new and upcoming releases from a coalition of developers from around the world, featuring a diverse assortment of dozens of titles spanning every genre, from action to puzzle solving and even storytelling. This is your glimpse into what's next from your favorite publishers. I just want to list off the publishers. It shows a graph. I'm actually, I'm taking this from the website and this information, you can visit the site yourself, but I just want to list the publishers because they list them and there's a graphic. Uh, acti- forgive me for the pronunciations because I don't know all of these. So Actil... Playism, Axies Games, Arc System Works, GunHo America, Idea Factory, Inti Inti Creates, uh, Koei Tecmo, Natsume, NIS America, Sega, Atlas, SNK, Spike Chunsoft, Grasshopper Manufacturer, and Way Forward. While I don't know most of these publishers, I do know some of them NIS America, Sega of course, Atlas is owned by Sega, so it makes sense that they would be on here SNK, uh, Koei Tecmo, so this should be a pretty significant showcase adding to a confusing myriad of showcases that are going to be happening this summer, it is just crazy and it just seems like I think there's another one that I didn't even put on here because I really don't know what it's about. But it just seems like every day, every other day, every third day, there's like another showcase that is happening and it's just getting crazy and no one's talking to each other. I think one of the reasons that this specific one might be happening is because these are games that may show up maybe would show up in a Nintendo Direct or these are publishers that would probably show up at some point during a Nintendo Direct so maybe well according to Nintendo they've told publishers that they are not doing a Nintendo Direct this year and to announce their games however they want and maybe this is what they're doing they maybe they're like Nintendo is not having a Direct so we're gonna Join together, and we'll announce what we need to announce here at this showcase. We will talk about this a little bit later. Uh, Jeff Grubb, who is an insider in the industry, he's now, I think, officially become the new Jason Schreier after Jason Schreier moved to Bloomberg from Kutaku, and Jeff Grubb is now kind of taking that leave, but I think Jason Trier will come back and continue to provide the news that we're going to talk about, so but more from Jeff Grubb later in the show. Some news that we missed last week on Thursday. This was May 14th, which was a week ago. Adam Bankhurst of IGN Nintendo has announced that Paper Mario: The Origami King will be released on Nintendo Switch on July 17th, 2020. Paper Mario: The Origami King is a brand new adventure that has Mario teaming up with his new partner, Olivia, as they team up with unlikely allies like Bowser and the Toads to battle evil folded soldiers. What's interesting about this announcement was that we did not see it in a Nintendo Direct. Don't worry, you didn't miss a Nintendo Direct. This was announced around 9 o'clock. We woke up, we had breakfast, we looked at Twitter... And bada-bing, bada-boom, Paper Mario the Origami King comes out on July 17th. It was announced on Nintendo's Twitter. Ideally, this would have been announced in May, but due to... Or was it... Yeah, the March in March. Ideally, this would have been announced in March when we had that small mini-direct, but they weren't sure if the game was going to be ready or not, probably. Also, if there was no June Direct, we weren't going to see this in a June Direct. I'm curious as to why they are releasing this game on the same day that Sony is releasing Ghosts of Tsushima. They both come out on the same exact day. And unless they're doing some type of cross-marketing, which I completely doubt, I don't understand why Nintendo is releasing it at that time. Quite frankly, with how well the Switch has sold, especially Animal Crossing since COVID-19, I mean, you can't go anywhere and get... First of all, you can't. You might not be able to go anywhere, but if you go online, if you go on Amazon and Best Buy and GameStop, they have Nintendo Switch bundles, but they are in and out of stock. GameStop is creating these 400 to $500 bundles so that you can try to... Uh, drain you of out of m- as much cash as they can by throwing in the stuff you may or may not want, like screen protectors and extra games and extra controllers. Getting a Nintendo Switch right now is an absolute pain in the butt. They can't keep it on the shelves. So, in my opinion, if this game is coming out the same day as so as uh, Sucker Punch's Ghost of Tsushima, then there's no reason why... Paper Mario shouldn't be the best selling Paper Mario game ever. I'm going to go I'm going I'm looking here at the all-time sales of Paper Mario. So you have Paper Mario which was on the, the the first one which was on the Nintendo 64, that sold 1.37 million. Paper Mario on the GameCube that sold 1.91 million. Super Paper Mario on the Wii, that is the best selling Paper Mario at 4.23 million. And then Paper Mario Sticker Sticker Star Sticker Star sold 2.24 million. That was the 3DS game. And Paper Mario Color Splash for the Wii U, that sold less than a million. That came out right before the Wii U's life ended. In my opinion, if you're going to release this game on the same day that Ghost of Tsushima is coming out, then there is no reason why this Paper Mario game should sell at least 5 million copies. Five. There are fifty over 55 million Switches. That is a less than 10% attach rate. That is a 9% attach rate for a Paper Mario game. There is no reason that it should sell 5 million copies. And if Nintendo is confident that it will sell 5 million copies, even if it is coming out on the same day as Ghost of Tsushima, then I will gladly admit that I am wrong. But I think this coming out on the same day as Ghost of Tsushima will hurt Paper Mario as far as sales. And you know what? If if this game doesn't sell 5 million copies, it might be the last Paper Mario game. I've never played a Paper Mario game. For what I see, they're a Mario role-playing game, essentially. To me, they look like a lot of fun. I want to check all of them out. However, on July 17th, I will be playing Ghost of Tsushima, and I'll probably pick Paper Mario up on a later date, but I just don't understand why Nintendo couldn't pick out a different date to release this game and call it Paper Mario Day and celebrate it, but... That day, the conversation's gonna be all about Ghosts of Shush- Tsushima. I just don't understand why you would wanna share a day, especially with one of your competitors, and not expect them to go head to head. So, also on May 14th, we had the Ghosts of Tsushima State of Play. I won't be reading an article on it. I told you guys that I wasn't going to watch it, but I couldn't help myself, and I ended up watching it live when it happened. And it looks pretty cool. One of the problems with this game is that while I was watching it, I was kind of multitasking because currently I'm playing Assassin's Creed Origins because I want to get ready for Assassin's Creed Valhalla when it comes out this fall. I'm playing the game and I'm watching the uh, Ghost of Tsushima and I'm watching the gameplay and I'm like, man, I'm playing this game right now. And that might be one of the struggles that Ghost of Tsushima has to face. For me, it just seems like it has a lot of, fact- has a lot of features that other games already have. What I'll be looking for when I play this game is, how is what is new about this game. How does this game differentiate itself from the others? Because right now, I'm looking at this game, and I'm like, man, I've played this game quite a few times this generation already, and I'm currently playing this game right now. Now, obviously, Assassin's Creed Origins, that takes place in Egypt. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima takes place in Japan, totally different settings. But for me, they look similar in aesthetic, how how the stealth works, how the combat might work. One thing that wasn't clear in the gameplay was what, but what when you're in a when you're in a sword fight one on one, what buttons are you pressing? Is it just pressing X? Is it pressing Square? Are you pressing Triangle and Circle to take the guy out? Is it more of a time? Is the timing like super unbelievably important? Because we're we're killing these guys in one hit. The stealth looks like it's a, similar to a lot of games. You press a button, you have the white round circle, half circle part that show that fill it's a black but then it fills up with white. Uh the more the NPC notices you until it fills up all the way, then the NPC, NPC knows where you are and then runs over to come attack you. We've seen that in a lot of games. Either way, I'm definitely excited for this game. Before, I was probably excited for this game over The Last of Us Part 2, but now after seeing this uh state of play, I got to say I'm more excited for Last of Us Part 2 now. It's completely changed. I th- I think st- I'm still going to play Ghost of Tsushima, but the I'm more in- I'm more excited for Last of Us right now. Jordan Ulleman has our next story from IGN. Ubisoft potentially teasing return of delisted Scott Pilgrim game. Shout out to my buddy Ben Granger. Scott Pilgrim vs. The World is one of his favorite movies. And Edgar Wright is one of his famous directors. And I know I haven't had a chance to play this game because it was delisted. Neither has he. So this is... Exciting news. Let's get into the article. Ubisoft is potentially teasing the return of the infamous delisted Ubisoft Montreal Scott Pilgrim game that launched back in 2010. Last night, the Academy held a rewatch of Edgar Wright's Scott Pilgrim vs. The World Adaption. Scott Pilgrim creator Brian Lee O'Malley tuned in for the watch-along. O'Malley tweeted during the movie that Ubisoft should bring back the Scott Pilgrim game after the Xbox Live Arcade PlayStation Network title was delisted from both stores on December 30th of 2014. At the time, it wasn't clear why the game was taken down, but it was most likely due to licensing issues. Despite not being tagged in the initial tweet, Ubisoft, which developed the game, responded to O'Malley's call with a considering emoji, which is the emoji where it's the uh, yellow guy and he's looking up, and then he's got his, uh, his uh, pointer finger and his thumb finger in an L, and then he's got it on his chin, pondering, wondering, you guys know the emoji. Why am I explaining to you the considering emoji? I am the worst. Back to the article. O'Malley's Call, with a considering emoji, hopefully teasing the game's potential return. The game was well-received well, well received by fans of the graphic novel and was praised for its soundtrack upon release, which was composed by the American bip-bip-bip-pop band Anamanguchi. Forgive me. For me, this is exciting stuff. I actually watched this movie with Ben... Probably in the past year, I think, we watched this movie together. He had watched it for like the, you know, this is one of his favorite movies. He's watched it so many times. And this was my first time watching it. So the idea of this game coming back sounds really interesting with me. I can't wait to play this game. If it does come back, maybe that's one of the games that's going to be announced at Ubisoft Forward. But we will see. But... If Ubisoft themselves tweeted the emoji, it wasn't like Ubisoft Montreal. It wasn't one of their development studios. It was the, the Ubisoft Twitter account. So hopefully we'll see it in the future. If not, I'm sorry for talking about this. Our next article comes from Jonathan Dornbush at IGN. He says Marvel's Iron Man VR demo is out now and PSVR bundle announced. Ahead of its ch- July release date, developer Camouflage and publisher Sony have announced a demo of Marvel's Iron Man VR for PSVR is now available on the PSN to download for free. Players who play the demo will unlock the Molten Lava Armor Deco in the full game which will be released on June 3rd. Additionally, Sony confirmed an Iron Man VR PSVR bundle that will be available for $349.99. It will include a PlayStation VR headset, a PlayStation camera, and two PlayStation Move motion controllers, Marvel's Iron Man VR Blu-ray, VR Blu-ray disc, and a PSVR v- demo disc. This was kind of expected... Iron Man VR is probably one of the bigger PSVR titles to have come out in the past couple of years. It's no one, you know, for me, no question. Of course, you would release a bundle that comes with the game that comes with all the different controllers that you need, because there's a discrepancy between the the bundles that you can get PSVR because you can get a PSVR bundle without the motion controllers. But then so many games in PSVR require the motion controllers. So usually the bundles that contain the motion controllers are about $50 extra. So right now this is $350 for this bundle. I already have a VR bundle and I'm hoping I haven't actually used my PlayStation VR um, headset yet. So I'm going to hopefully because I'm in quarantine, I'm going to rip it out of the box. I'm going to try it on. I'm going to play some VR game because I already have some and play as many games as I can in order to get ready for Iron Man VR, which is coming out in July. This game could use all the support it can get because it is coming out July 3rd, which I believe is two to three weeks after The Last of Us Part 2 and two weeks before Ghost of Tsushima. So this game has is unfortunately a victim of the times because PlayStation wants to get the rest of their PS4 slate out before they start announcing what's coming out for PS5. Sal Romano of Gamatsu has our next article. It's something we talked about last week, but it is officially confirmed this week. Mafia Definitive Edition launches August 28th. Mafia 2 and 3 Definitive Editions are now available. Following the teaser announcement last week, publisher 2K Games and developer Hangar 13 have officially unveiled Mafia Trilogy, which consists of the fully remade Mafia Definitive Edition, Remastered Mafia 2 Definitive Edition, and Mafia 3 Definitive Edition. Mafia Definitive Edition will launch both physically and digitally for PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, as well as for PC via Steam and the Epic Games Store and Stadia on August 28th for $39.99. It is also included with Mafia Trilogy, which is now available digitally and will launch as a physical set on August 28th for 59.99, users who purchase the digital version of Mafia Trilogy will receive Mafia Definitive Edition upon release. More information on Mafia Definitive Edition will be announced at the PC Gaming Show on June 6th. One of the things that I do not believe that they mention this is that if for me I already own Mafia 3 because it was a PS Plus game about maybe a year, maybe two years ago. And if you access, usually what happens is, is when some of these games, you go to the main menu and then there's usually a option to buy another game in the series from that menu. So I went on mafia three, I went to the main menu and there was an option to purchase the mafia trilogy and the mafia trilogy which retails for $60 it was available to for me for it said $50 so if you own mafia 3 already then you get a discount on the mafia trilogy for definitive edition and mafia 2 so that is pretty cool and make sure you take advantage of that deal if you already have mafia 3 or if you buy Mafia 2 today, I think you could probably do the same thing and get Mafia Definitive Edition for probably $30. i am not sure how the pricing works with that. I know me having Mafia 3 already, I can get the trilogy for 50 instead of 60 which isn't the biggest deal in the world. But I guess $25 for a totally remade Mafia game and Mafia 2, which is a game I haven't played yet, that seems pretty worth it to me. Maybe, you know, I'm I'm going to wait a little bit. Maybe it'll go on sale. Actually, no, it probably won't go on sale, but you never know. I'm still a little confused on how I should play this, these games. Uh, I'm, what I think I'm going to do, maybe not now, maybe in the future, whenever I decide to play these games, I'll probably play Mafia 2 because now because the first one's being remade that's technically the oldest game I'll play Mafia 2 then I'll play Mafia 3 and then I'll play Mafia 1 I don't think they connect the games connect anyway cuz they they all take place in different times so I think I'll be alright. Gamatsu has our next article. Sal Romano again. Microsoft has announced several more titles coming to Xbox Game Pass for console and PC in late May, including City Skylines, Minecraft Dungeons, and Alan Wake. Apparently, Alan Wake, it was the 10th anniversary of Alan Wake over the weekend, and it was announced there that Alan Wake will be coming to Game Pass. Alan Wake is was like a it was a defining xbox 360 exclusive game and remedy has moved on from alan wake to control but i guess spoiler alert i don't want to i don't want to say spoiler alert for control because it's not really a part of the game it's actually like in like one of the collectibles but the world of control and the world of alan wake are connected they take place in the same universe in fact the reason I'm saying that it wasn't a spoiler is that they are advertising the DLC for uh, control using the Alan Wake name I think the name of the DLC for control is like the Alan Wake foundation or I forget what it's called but but yeah, I did, it's not a game I have played, but I would like to play it. I played Control. I got the platinum trophy in that. I basically completed it. Uh there's a new DLC out. I'll I'll probably watch a YouTuber play it. I'm not really interested in going back to that game right now. I got to prepare for the games that are coming out soon. But yeah, it it's definitely interesting. I'm surprised we've never seen an Alan 2. Maybe we'll see it in the future. There were rumors that Remedy, the developers of Alan Wake and Control, would be bought by either Microsoft or Sony, though that seems to have fallen through. I think they originally were under Microsoft's umbrella, but they got released from their contract, and I don't know if there were rumors, but I I believe there was a feeling that maybe because Sony kind of helped market Control, Control was at their E3 press conference the last time they had one. Because of this, there was reason to believe that Remedy might be being bought by Sony. Though, if you watch Control, Control's kind of a third-person action game, and that's kind of all of the Sony-exclusive games that have come out during the PS4 generation. So I don't—and not that Control—not that Remedy is a bad studio or Control is a bad game, but it just seems that Control is, like like a lot of other games— that are on Sony's profile. And I think one of the keys for Sony in the next year or the next year, the next console generation, one of the keys for them will be to differentiate their portfolio. Cause we're going to get the next God of War. We're going to get the next horizon zero done. We're going to get the next Spider-Man, but these are all third person action games. What the rest of their uh, first party studio What are they going to do to kind of differentiate everything? What new genres are they going to explore? That's what I think will be uh, something to look out for in the next generation. A little bit of a tangent there, but I love Control, and I can't wait to see what Remedy is doing next. We are going to comicbook.com. Tyler Fisher has the story Nintendo Switch Online. Adds four new SNES and NES games. Nintendo has added four new SNES and NES games to the Nintendo Switch Online Library. More specifically, the services library is now bigger, courtesy of the following four games. Wild Guns, Panel de Pond, Operation Logic Bomb. Those are all Super Nintendo games. And then Rygar is the lone NES game. That is being added to Nintendo Switch Online. One of the big problems with the Nintendo Switch that I have. Is the lack of virtual console. I think having a Nintendo Switch Online system. I think it's a great system. But I'm not a fan. I don't mind the delivery of the games. I do mind the lack of games that are on there. I feel like we don't see the games all. We don't see updates. In any form of pattern or frequency, we don't get them every month. We don't get them every three months. We we just kind of get them randomly. This is the first time in a very long time that we've gotten new games added to the NES and SNES online. If you pay $20 a year to have Nintendo Switch online and at the end of this year, uh, which would be September, because two years ago they announced it in September... If you're thinking about canceling this, I don't blame you. There's a big problem because every... So, like, the NES online system came out two years ago. Then a year, in September of 2018. Then September of 2019, they announced that SNES is going to be added to the Nintendo Switch Online. So there's kind of this reinvigoration. Or, here's SNES games, please keep paying for the Nintendo switch online. Also it's the, you need it in order to play online and like animal crossing and, you know, Pokemon and all these other online Nintendo games that you're playing on your switch. You're going to need this in order to play online. It's a big problem because every September they can get you in this year. They might be like, I, I mean, I hope so, but This year, they'll be like, hey, guess what? We're adding Nintendo 64 to the Nintendo Switch Online. And you're like, oh my goodness gracious, they're adding Nintendo 64 games. I have to pay $20, you know, so I can get these Nintendo 64 games. But then, after the initial launch, we're not going to see Nintendo 64 games at all, probably. Maybe, like, one update with, like, one or two games, you know, six months after, you know, after September... This is a huge problem, and I don't understand how this is better than the virtual console. It's one of the reasons that I recently hooked up my Wii U, and I'm going to make it a virtual console machine, because not all the games that are on there have been re-released anywhere. And Right now, the Wii U is the least far back that I can go in order to play some of these games, like Ninja Gaiden. Where's Ninja Gaiden 2? Where's Ninja Gaiden 3? One of my friends, they tweeted yesterday. They're like, why isn't Secret of Mana on the Nintendo Switch Online? It's like, that's a great point. I mean, think of it. We're almost halfway. We're probably almost halfway through the Nintendo Switch uh, life cycle. And we still really don't have a proper virtual console equivalent. And it's really disappointing. And I really wish they would fix this. But I'm kind of doubtful. The only hope I see for the Nintendo Switch online is if they announce Nintendo 64 games in September, because they're gonna need everyone who bought, you know, everyone who reupped. They're gonna have to figure out, you know, well, you know, what what are they gonna do to get you to pay another twenty dollars? One of the things I listened to yesterday it was an hour podcast, and it was done by a YouTuber called Nate the Hate. He is a journalist, but he also has a YouTube channel. He interviewed Jeff Grubb, who I mentioned before. He's an insider in the video game industry, and he had a lot of interesting things to say. The podcast is about an hour long, and I do recommend you watch it because I think it was really interesting. They talked a lot about all the major console holders. Uh, Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo, and they talked about what we could see from them for the rest of the year. One of the interesting things I think Jeff mentioned was that the the leadership team at Sony is different from the leadership team that led the resurgence of the p s four when p s four was launched, Sony was surprised by how successful it was doing, and it was able to kind of keep that success going with these great games like God of War and Spider-Man and Horizon Zero Dawn that came out. That team has mostly left. Andrew House and Sean Layden, these are faces that you would see at E3 events, and they are now gone, and they're replaced by more of a European team. There's always been this struggle in Sony between the American Sony and the European uh, Sony, and it just seems like now the European uh part of Sony has won, and now they are taking over kind of the Western part of Sony, and they are going to be in charge of releasing the p s five here in the West. Jeff mentioned that this European team is so used to just knocking down all the pins and always winning so that might be a struggle for them if the PS5 doesn't start out running out of the gate. Jeff Grubb also tweeted out what he calls Jeff Grubb's summer game mess, and it's a list of all the dates and all the events he knows of so far. One of the, he's obviously changed this list, you know, constantly over the past few days, but originally he had listed that June 4th would be the PlayStation event. Now this is not official, but he but he stated that June 4th would be the PlayStation event and he called it instead of a state of play, he called it a slate of play, meaning that there would be a lot of games shown at this event, which is a great thing to hear. Now later in the week he kind of changed he kind of changed his tune and basically said that it won't be June 4th when this slate of play will happen. It the date has been moved, but he said it's not really. It moved, you know, a couple weeks. It moved like a matter of days. So we will s- see when this PlayStation event actually happens. But we're still thinking that it'll be probably be the first half of June when we we'll when we will get the PS Five reveal and announcement. From what we will see f- at this announcement, Jeff talked about Spider Man, maybe got maybe not God of War definitely horizon zero dawn 2 which is i mean i could have told you that you know but i think one of the interesting things jeff said is that they after seeing xbox's flop with their third party event that happened in early may that sony essentially what they want to do is they only want to show games that are running on a ps5 they don't want to show games that are running on a pc development kit Jeff also stated that this means that some of the games that were originally planned for the event have been removed, but that doesn't mean that new games haven't been added on. One of the things that was discussed that Jeff Grubb actually stated was, how are we sure that Xbox has their stuff all ready to go? And it's an interesting thought because Xbox has been on a slow burn Their E3 press conferences have been pretty good, but no first-party games. It just seems like they keep punting everything for the Xbox Series X. So we've been seeing these E3 presentations and Xbox, inside Xboxes, and there's just been a slow burn, building, building. Xbox Game Pass, it's getting better, it's getting better. But then you have this third-party showing And you basically trick everyone into watching it by promising Assassin's Creed Valhalla gameplay. But you didn't show any Assassin's Creed Valhalla gameplay. And if I'm Phil Spencer, I'm quite furious with my team. Because there's no reason Xbox shouldn't know what gameplay means. Phil Spencer's team made him look like a fool. Because not only a week or two before, Phil Spencer had tweeted about how we want to be transparent, we want to be open, we want to be honest. But you basically tricked us into watching a presentation that didn't have a lot of gameplay, that, quite frankly, didn't really show any games of consequence. There were no games in any long-running franchises except for Yakuza and Madden. There's no reason... Why? You couldn't have shown a little bit of gameplay of Scorn, maybe a little gameplay of Medium, which, by the way, are Xbox exclusives, or at least timed exclusives, but that wasn't mentioned in the presentation. Oh, no. But there's no reason you can't show a a five-minute gameplay demo or a ten-minute gameplay demo of Assassin's Creed Valhalla at the end of this presentation. Think about what that would have done. That would have been our first opportunity to look at next-gen gameplay running on an Xbox Series X. That would have been huge. But instead, now we see this Unreal Engine 5, and it's running on a PlayStation 5. So the first next-gen gameplay we see is on a PlayStation 5. Microsoft, you blew it. You absolutely blew it. I'm excited for a lot of games that were shown on that presentation, but I watched for the Assassin's Creed gameplay. How can I trust you? How do I know that you're going to deliver in July? I just don't trust it. I just, maybe, I I won't say that. I think they'll come with the goods. But you better have some surprises there, Microsoft. You better have some stuff that we are not thinking about. Some awesome, you better show some awesome, kick-ass stuff. Or else, guess you're behind. You will be behind. They went on to talk about Nintendo. Nintendo, there have been reports that Nintendo has told their public, according to Jeff Grubb, Nintendo has told all of their publishers to announce their games whenever they want, they are not planning a direct, at least for this year or the foreseeable future. We probably, my guess is that we probably, because of the COVID nineteen, they are in flux. Unless they come together and say, "Hey, we," unless they feel it in their bones that they have a full slate of games that they want to show for the Nintendo Switch, then we are not getting a Nintendo Direct. I don't think we'll probably get one till early next year, maybe January, maybe March, maybe April. People try to put patterns on the Nintendo Directs. So there's no patterns. When they have a slate of games to show, they'll show them. So I don't think we'll get a Nintendo Direct. We'll get probably what Paper Mario uh, did when it that was announced. Probably We'll probably just wake up. We'll get a tweet. You know, the Mario remasters are coming. You know, we'll wake up, we'll, you know, Pikmin 3 Deluxe uh, will be coming out. Whatever, you know, Jeff Grubb actually mentioned at the end of his Paper Mario article that Pikmin 3 Deluxe is in the works. But I think that's like a, you know, a worst kept secret in the industry that Nintendo, that Pikmin 3 is coming to Nintendo Switch. This reminds me of something I wanted to talk about, uh, the Paper Mario trailer at the end of it there's a point where i guess they're in a room and i guess there are all these hats and then there is a metroid helmet and mario puts it on now that would be a cool thing to discover while you're playing the game i don't know if you want to put that in the trailer put an easter egg in the trailer unless you put that in the trailer for a reason Because you want, you know, you want to clue us in. So maybe, you know, there will be some Metroid news. I don't think that it will happen. I think they're just being cheeky. My guess is that it probably is just like an Easter egg in the game. And for some stupid reason, they put it in the trailer. Which, you know, is way over my head on how how could you possibly do that. That is the dumbest thing I've heard. But I think Nintendo is probably going to go big for Metroid... This might be the last hoorah for Metroid. If Metroid Prime 4 isn't good, I don't see Nintendo ever going back in the well for Metroid. Metroid has not sold well in the past, but Nintendo's going to go all out. I think they're going to have the Prime Trilogy out on Switch. I think we're going to see a 2D Metroid at some point, and that'll all build up and lead to Metroid Prime 4. I kind of use that podcast to kind of jump off of, on some topics. Podcast is about an hour. It's Nate the Hate. It's Jeff Grub, and it's Mon- Modern Vintage Gamer. It's a great little hour of, you know, just great video game industry talk. And one of the things they mentioned was all these shows and just how confusing it, it is and how hard their jobs are, because every day they wake up, they're not sure what's going to happen. And the other thing is, is that. A lot of these announcements are going to, you know, be one offs, you know, Tony Hawk, you know, wake up on Tuesday, Tony Hawk's announced, wake up on Wednesday, Mafia Trilogy. And the idea is that maybe there would have been more eyes if that was in a presentation at Microsoft, at Sony, at one of these collective things. But instead, they decided to go on their own, which I think means that we're in for one crazy summer, and I'm going to try my hardest to kind of keep it all straight for you. But I'm also kind of going to I'm going to try and uh, keep it straight for myself. But see between. Let's see. Between early June, starting June 2nd, all the way till August. Let's see. We got one, two, three. On June 6th, we have three shows. We have an Indie Live Expo. We have a PC gaming show. And we have Game Radar's Future Game Show. All in one day. Really? And then we have one on June 7th. We have June 8th. There's a VR showcase. Steam Game Festival is taking place from the 9th to the 14th. Uh, We got an Xbox event. We have Cyberpunk. We have EA Play. We have a Warframe thing on the same day. Ubisoft in July let's see let me count so i think from now and and uh, august we have 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 9 10 11 12 13 14 15 so we have about uh, 15 events right now in between june and august which is just absolute insanity and that's not even including new game plus expo which was announced today, and then there's another one. I forget what it's called, but there's another one, and that one is probably going to be a smaller one. I don't think I'm going to pay attention to that one. I think it's like Wholesome Games or something. I don't know, but this is just absolutely crazy. But things will be getting exciting. We'll get new announcements, hopefully, in early June. You never know when you're going to tune in, and I'm going to have all this PlayStation 5, or I'm going to have all this Xbox news, to talk about, you just never know. It'll, it could be any day where something exciting will be announced. You never know, and that's, for me, it's exciting. You know, what was expressed on that podcast was that it's kind of annoying, but for me, it's exciting because I'm I'm kind of new to all this, doing this podcast for you guys. I want to keep it straight for you guys so that it's digestible and understandable. And if you have questions, concerns, please at sodaboy four five six. Anything you want to talk about, just tweet at me, and we'll talk about it here on the podcast. Just some news that came out today. I don't have a specific article that I'm looking at. Uh, 2K, I guess, had their financial reports, and they're apparently pla- uh, planning on releasing over 93 games over the next five years. And if you're hearing that, you know, 2K games, you're thinking Borderlands, Bioshock, GTA, NBA, you know, you're like on the edge of your seat, like, What? 96 games that's absolutely insane how can any you know gaming industry how can anyone release 96 how can any publisher release 96 games over a five-year span and i think what they mean by 90 over 90 games is that like say bully 2 is coming out i don't think that bully 2 is coming out but i'm just using it as an example so yeah, bully 2 and let's say bully 2 comes out in you know july of next year well you got ps4 xbox one let's say it comes out on the switch for fun nintendo switch xbox series x and the ps5 so that's five games so now you're down to 85 you know they count each skew sku skew they count each skew as one game so if you do it that way, by, you know, you'll get to 96 actually pretty quickly over your, over a 5-year span. Something just a little small at the end that I thought I should mention. This is kind of re- we're just going to wrap up this episode of News Game Plus. Not a lot of news this week, but there was some stuff that we missed next week. This should be out by Friday, so I'm going to record again next Thursday as far as games I'm playing I'm currently going through Assassin's Creed Origins I have just beaten the main story but now I need to clean up some other trophies I think I should be able to get the platinum but I will need a little bit of encouragement the game is kind of waning on me so give me some encouragement as I try to go for this platinum in Assassin's Creed Origins I hope to have it done within the next week I was talking to my friend Ben. Now, Ben, he's on Twitch at Xenon Dukes. I was actually watching his Twitch stream before I started recording this evening, and he was playing Star Wars Battlefront 2 with his brother Hamilton. So, if you want to check out Xenon Dukes, Dukes on on Twitch, I believe he's also going to be streaming on Sunday. He usually streams on Sundays and Thursdays, so check him out on those days. He'll be streaming. I think he's going to continue Battlefront 2 until he beats it. I think he's almost done with it. But I did talk to Ben, and he was saying that he is continuing to play. Animal Crossing every day do his dailies when it comes to playing Animal Crossing but he's also been playing Doom 2016 as he prepares to take on Doom Eternal which came out this year I am hoping to beat Origins and then I will probably hop into Assassin's Creed Odyssey or Uncharted 4 because I would like to obviously I would like to beat Assassin's Creed in time for Valhalla, and I would like to beat Uncharted Four by the time Last of Us Part Two is out. That way, I can get all the Naughty Dog games out. I can get all the Assassin's Creed games out. And yeah, right now we are only on Podbean. I'm working on getting us on other platforms. I want to come to where you are, Soda at SodaBoy456. If you have any inquiries, if you want to tell me what you're playing. If you, wanna, if you have any questions, if you have any news topics that you specifically want to talk about, let me know. We have a small audience, so the chances of you getting your thoughts put on the show is high. So let me know what you think. Let me know how I can improve on the podcast. Hopefully, we'll have some more exciting stuff to talk about next week. And thank you for listening. Game on!